What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, brought to you by Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm your host, Howard Bender, with me, Adam Ronis. Uh, it's draft season, baby. It is crazy, crazy draft season. Uh, we talked about this on the Monday show, Adam, uh, and here we are neck deep. You had a draft tonight. I had two today. Uh, it is just, it is an incredibly busy time. So I thought it'd be good if we just kind of shared our drafts and thoughts on draft position. I'm sure everybody knows how I feel about the eighth position sucking in drafts, but nevertheless, the fifth, not much better. <laughs> so Adam, how are you tonight? I'm good, man. Just like you said, just another busy night drafting, have more drafts Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and I might even add another on Saturday. So it is that time of the season and we are, we got game action on Thursday night. Hard to believe. Game action. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable how this is just all kind of snuck up on us. Like we've been talking football for a while but because it was really the only thing going on, you had the draft and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, taking everybody's focus. And even though other sports came back, you're still that hanging over your head. It's about to be football season and here it is. So, um, so what draft did you have uh, this evening? I did the RT sports championship. Uh, so it's 12 team league, 20 rounds. And uh, the first, Overall prize is 300k, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. What's the buy-in? 250. Okay, so 250 to win 300k. Love that. Strategy-wise, when you know that there's an overall prize, what's your mindset on players who you want to start drafting? I mean, obviously, you're looking for a little bit upside. You know, if you can get that quarterback receiver tandem, that would be great. You kind of don't want to force it but if it works out fine uh you're just definitely looking for some players that maybe have a high ceiling so you might take a little bit more risk as well okay so uh so let's go through it um well i'll just you know what i'll compare it to talk about my ffpc draft uh today which also has an overall prize of uh 500k Um, but nevertheless, it's a, uh, it's a tremendous one. It's tight end premium for, for the FFPC. Uh, so tight ends get a point and a half per reception as opposed to the, uh, the regular point per reception. So uh, there's nothing like that as in the, uh, in the RT sports championship, is there? No. And the starting lineup here is one quarterback, two running backs, two receiver, two flex tight end kicker defense. And 10 bench spots. And boy, I saw some really wacky picks in this one. I could tell you that. You know, it's, it's, it's actually kind of funny that you say that because we have that also. It's quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex, tight end, kicker, D. Um, you know, there were dudes bitching in my chat room. You know, one dude was like, wow, this is a sharp draft. And another dude starts bitching that, you know, oh, there's, you know, this is boring. And, and he was complaining about the fact that, you know, there was there were a lot of serious players there. So it was, you know, there weren't any of those crazy, you know, hey, I'm doing six of these, you know, championships. And therefore, I'm going to take like these like wacky flyers on everything. And I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, I get it. You want to get some upside and stuff and you want some some high ceiling guys and you got to take some risks. But, you know, it just sounds like some people are just flushing it away. 
Yeah, that happens. You know, everyone thinks, oh, it's a high stakes league. Everyone knows what they're doing. It's not true. Some people just have more expendable income. I mean, there was someone who didn't realize he was on auto for a couple picks, was asking how to get it off. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, one team took Lamar Jackson in round three, right? Carson Wentz in round 10. He took George Kittle in round two, Tyler Herbie in round nine. Like, why? I don't get that. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to sit there and you're going to you're going to pair them so close together, uh, there needs to be a reason for it, you know. And then a, and then a defense in round eleven, and a kicker in round thirteen. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really have anything whack like that. I mean, twenty rounds for us, um, kicker and defense in round fifteen. That's, That's uh, yeah, when I mean, we started I, to see that. That's okay. I mean, T. Y. Hilton went in round four ahead of a lot of good receivers. Mostert went in round four. Uh, I mean, running backs were pushed up a lot uh, higher than, I mean, they usually go, but pretty high here. So yeah, there it's definitely unique. And I, I've said this many times and it's absolutely true. People are influenced by the queue because mm-hmm. some players that I used to seeing going higher uh, went a lot lower. And, you know, obviously I couldn't get all of them since I'm picking 12 you know you're it's out of your hands but I, i've said it numerous times on this podcast the fantasy alarm live streams people get influenced by the queue what's in front of them and some guys were buried and i was hoping to take advantage where was it uh because you've seen drafts you know where terry mclaurin goes right yeah he goes probably right around like the fifth round yeah i mean but sometimes even earlier so i, w- I was hoping to get him on the five six turn he went two picks before me man i was so mad i was like <laughs> damn it he went in the third round in uh, in my FFPC. That's what I'm saying. Like he has just gotten a lot of heel <laughs> in me and goes early. So I was surprised he almost made it to me at the end of round five. He's been going earlier, and I was looking forward to getting him. And he went five ten, so I didn't get him. You think you just? I mean, because he's an upside play, you think he gets a lot of love in the uh, in the high stakes and in the over big overalls. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have been talking about him. I mean, he's someone that I've had my eyes on, you know, this whole offseason, but he just keeps moving up the draft board. There's always players like that. And we know how good he was last year. There's not a lot of competition for targets, uh, a team that's likely going to play from behind. So that's why. And we get to this point every year in September, right at the start of the season, there's certain players that just move way up the draft board. Yeah. Absolutely. He's definitely one of them. He's definitely one of them. Uh, James Conner is another one in the last oh, yeah. I don't oh, know, a few goodness. weeks. He's gone he's from been being going like, late second round now. Yep. It's exactly where he went in this draft here and uh, for the FFPC. I mean, he was uh, he was like a fourth, fifth rounder uh, a month ago. For yeah, I, late fourth, then he was going in the third. I do remember in a best ball getting him at 312. I remember that. But yeah, and, and ours he went three four. But in our GST league last week, he went into the second round, and I've seen a lot of recent drafts where he has gone into the second round. I guess because he made it through the preseason healthy, we all know he is going to be the lead back. There's risk with injury, no doubt about it. But you could say that about almost any running back. So my guess is that's why he's moved up. Is he just stayed healthy? Uh, I I don't see any other reason why. Uh, maybe the lack of appealing running backs and I think that's Connor I think isn't. that that plays into it tremendously because if you look at the running backs who go right after him uh anybody who's got the backfield job sort of to themselves 
I mean, you could say David Johnson. You could he say... went three two ahead of Connor. Wow, he went he went like all the way back end of the third in mine. So I, you know, I mean, it's it's the guys who have the jobs to themselves. Everybody's coveting that more than you know. Regardless, of, you know, and and it's it's funny because sometimes it's you know it's a uh, it's a mistake, and sometimes you look at it and you say, "Listen, this dude's just going to get volume. It's all about volume. It's all about touches." I mean, you know, as much as I love, you know, some of these guys, you know, I'll still, you know, I'll, I'll still be happy with a Raheem Mostert in the fifth round because I know he's still going to see, you know, he's not, he might not see all the touches, but he's going to see some of them um, rather than reach way too high for a guy. But I mean, Connor's, you know, he's just, he's, he's continuously jumped up there that, you know, what are you going to do in the, you know, if, if you're looking for uh, for running back help, because most of these drafts, let's face it. Most of these drafts that we're doing right now uh, are very running back heavy. Oh, no, they are. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and I, I feel like a lot of them are being overvalued and pushed up too much. Uh, so I wound up getting running backs later on, and especially in this format, too. Again, you only have to start a max of two running backs. The two flex spots, if you have strong receivers, you can play four receivers. Right. So I have no problem doing that. Uh, again, it comes down to where you're picking and what's on the board. Well, let's talk about where we picked and uh, and what was on the board. You actually did mention to everybody that you picked 12th. You were on the wheel. Um, I uh, I had the fifth pick in in my draft. So you love that pick, I, dude, man. I want to. I, I hate this pick. Although I'll tell <laughs> you, in all honesty, I, I feel like it, it. You know, a lot of players just fell to me in certain situations. So. Um, first round, Dalvin Cook, right there, sitting right there for me at five. Um, now grabbing him, I obviously know that somewhere around the eighth or ninth round, I have to start looking at where Alex Madison is in the queue, because if he starts, or you know, in those default rankings, because if he's too high up, somebody's gonna snake him. So you know, you kind of have to pay attention right around rounds eight or nine for uh, for that move there. But, I mean, listen, I love him. I love the Minnesota system. Uh, if that's one thing I have to make sure I do is grab Madison later on, um, I'll be happy. I love, love Dalvin Cook. So who who fell to you uh, at 12? Well, I was hoping to get Miles Sanders. He went 11. So that kind of broke my heart. So I went Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. I think if you're at 12, you're pretty much going to start two running backs. I mean, yeah, there's some good receivers there, but I, I think you know how running back dries up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's usually what I do when I'm picking at the end. I have a draft. My draft tomorrow is 11. So I'll be doing the almost, almost sure. Like I said, I've said this numerous times and, you know, we get the questions. Hey, I got a draft. I'm picking here. I, I want to start running back, running back, receiver, tight end. No, <laughs> you can go go in with a blueprint, have a plan like what I'm going to do. I plan to go running back, running back, but. You know, what happens if Devontae Adams falls to the second round? I might have to take him. You know, I think he's a guy that's going to have a huge year. I did a a prop bets on wageralarm.com today for the NFL season. You can check that out. One of them was Devontae Adams. And here's the thing, too. When you are doing sports wagering, I know everyone likes to have, like, their one book. You got to shop around. Player props, oh, my goodness. The, the range of different player props vary from book to book. So, I think it's in the article. I think Devontae Adams, I think it was DK Sportsbook, seven and a half touchdowns. In another place, it's nine and a half. 
And Calvin Ridley on FanDuel Sportsbook is 999 and a half receiving yards on DK 1025. Uh, the over-under wins for Lions, it's seven in some books. It was six and a half on Bet MGM. So, and the juice is different too. So shop around. Uh, I don't know how I got to that segue. Oh, because it's Devontae Adams. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, where did this come from? But yeah, what I'm saying is like, yeah, my plan is to go running back, running back at 11 on Tuesday, but you never know what's going to happen. Maybe someone falls and I change and switch it up. But generally, I think there's usually a couple running backs you like at the end that you can take two to start your draft and then hammer wide receiver. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm a big fan of drafting at the uh, at the wheel. I do love taking that. That does seem to be the combination of guys. You know, it's Josh Jacobs, it's Kenyon Drake, it's Miles Sanders. Um, you know, those are the guys who who tend to be there. Um, I think I did a, a Jacobs Drake uh, tandem as well one time when I uh, when I did that. Um, all right, so so you went running back, running back, and uh, as it goes back around. Um, to me in the second round, uh, it, he fell to me. It was, uh, Nick Chubb. I was like, yeah, that's your guy, man. You are heavily invested in Nick Chubb. I, I, de- I listen, I, I love Nick Chubb. I love, <laughs> as you'll see, um, I'm bullish on, on Cleveland. I really am. I, you know, I, I, I guess maybe it's, you know, my, my genuine belief. I, I think that there is legitimate talent on that team. And I think that with what Stefanski has learned in the past two or three years with Minnesota, um, I just, I feel like he's got a, a, a creative enough offensive mind uh, to know, you know, how to make it, you know, how to get the best out of your guys. And he knows that, you know, it's that sound running game to, to start off. It's exactly what Kubiak uh, and Dennison showed him. And then, you know, he didn't, you know, he he had some creativity with the passing game, but you've got Thielen and you've got Diggs, and you really didn't have very much else as far as that goes. So, you know, Cleveland now, I think there's a better pass catching tight end than Kyle Kyle Rudolph ever was. Uh, Beckham Landry, uh, you could throw. I don't know who's on the other side there. Is it Rashard Higgins? Yeah, it looks to be. And they'll have Kareem Hunt. Maybe they use him in the slot a bit, too. Yeah. So, you know, I just I, I, I'm bullish there. So, you know, when Nick Chubb fell to me, I was like, wow. So Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb to start off and then coming back around. See, the reason Chubb fell, by the way, is tight end premium. And uh, round one, Travis Kelsey went rounds two uh, before my pick, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, both off the board. Um. So then I got Chubb, and then it came back around to me, and uh, lo and behold, there was Odell Beckham just sitting there. So I said, all right, listen, you know what? If you got to go for, you know, some some upside and some gambles, and you got to go for, you know, if you, if you believe in a stack that could work, well, it's the Browns. So I grabbed Odell Beckham, which uh, is foreshadowing for um, a, a quarterback pick sometime down the road. So... Cook, Chubb, Beckham, that's how my uh, my draft starts the first three rounds. Comes back to you at 12, and you went? Uh, Odell Beckham Come at 312. No, you didn't. No, you yeah, didn't. I did. Oh, I did. Stop it. And, yeah, I mean, uh, look, I don't think he was healthy last year, and I had him, and he, he hurt me. He hurt me bad uh, in the, the GST League last year. I actually benched Beckham in the championship. 
If I didn't, I win the title because he had a touchdown. I think he only had four catches, but he had a touchdown. So a lot of people have the mentality, oh, that guy killed me last year. I'm not going back to him. No, I'm not like that. You forget about it. You got to look at what's ahead. You can't have any bias. Beckham is a really talented player that played through an injury. He wasn't 100%. The offense was terrible. It's going to be better this year. We've heard good things about him in camp. Uh, so, again, he has. we've seen what he can do. I mean, he has a huge ceiling. Uh, I, I know last year wasn't good, the year before he had injury, but still, we've seen what he did with Eli Manning. So I think Mayfield will be better this year, more efficient. I agree with what you said in the better offense. So, yeah, Beckham and Allen Robinson, very, very invested. 4-1 <laughs> Allen Robinson. Again, this is a product of the Q, man. He's he's like 55 or something in there. Oh. You know, this is a guy that I've been taking, you know, early third round. So I was happy to get him on the turn at 4-1. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was um I was hoping that he slipped. He slipped in mine also. He went in the fourth round uh for him. And I was wavering between him and Beckham. And I decided to go with my uh my Browns plan uh instead. So yeah, wow. All right. So so now you've got you've got Jacobs, you've got Drake, you've got Beckham, and you've got Robinson. Rock solid top four. Came around to me for uh for round four. Uh, AJ Brown, another guy, big upside. Um, he is the lead guy in this offense. Do I expect, uh, Tannehill to, to do what he did last year? No, but I think that, uh, that they are going to still have a, a, a relatively strong offense, at least solid, solid offense. And I think Brown's got that big play ability. I mean, he's so physical and, and he can pick up yards after the catch as well. Um, he can take it deep. He can go over the middle. So I'm I'm a big fan of AJ Brown. Uh, you do you like him at all? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I haven't gotten him a ton. I got him in my home league. I think people. The problem with AJ Brown is people go, "Oh well, he's gonna regress." Uh, okay, no crap, no shit. Of course he is. He's not gonna average 20 yards a catch. But people forget that he wasn't a big part of the offense the whole year. It took a while for them to get going. So sure, he's not going to average 20.2 yards per catch, right? He had 1,051 yards of 52 receptions. He had 84 targets. He's definitely getting more targets. Even if this is a run-heavy offense, they might – remember, they had a ridiculous second-half run too. I don't see them playing from ahead in every single game like they did for the most part last year. So th- he's a real talent. There's not a lot of competition for targets. So yeah, man, A.J. Brown, I think I got him in my home league as a – my third receiver in round five or four. So I don't have a lot, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested. A lot comes down to where I pick and a lot of those receivers are all close, but absolutely. I definitely want some AJ Brown this year. No question about it. I know definitely have him my home league. I don't know if I have him anywhere else, maybe in a best world or two, but yeah, I, I do like him. I mean, again, that, 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 that cluster of receivers is so close. Right. Uh, there's so many guys in that range that I like, but yeah, I'm definitely interested in AJ Brown. Where the hell did he go? I was looking at my draft. I can't. Why don't I see him? It's probably like right in front. Oh, there it is. Uh, four, four, one. Okay. Yeah. So, right in that whole same. No, my bad. Four twelve. Four twelve. Uh-huh. End of the last pick of round four. I don't know why Ty Hilton went ahead of him, but. Yeah, that makes no sense. It doesn't at all. I saw that pick. I was like, oh, thank you. Pushing someone down the board. (laughs) 
All right, so I'm armed with two running backs and two wide receivers, Cook, Chubb, OBJ, and A.J. Brown. It came back around, and, and I had Mostert targeted. Um, you know, I was looking at some of the wide receivers who were uh, available. I knew that, that D.K. Metcalf wasn't coming back to me, and I knew Marquise Brown wasn't coming back to me. Um, so I was looking at Mostert. You know I love my running backs, Adam. Um, and then he went the pick right before me. So I was like, well, I could go Keenan Allen. I could go Tyler Lockett. I could go Will Fuller. I thought a little bit about Will Fuller, but then I was like, ah, screw it. You know what? Here we go. Let's just reach. Let's do it. I don't have any, you know, I mean, I, I have them uh, in other places, but I, you know, this is the first time that uh, I draft him as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And I grabbed Leonard Fournette. Oh, I would have went Lockett, bro. I think Lockett's undervalued, uh, bro. I'm not a Lockett fan, dude. I think people are, are totally missing Tyler Lockett. People yeah. for do you? He was oh yeah, man. First of all, the tree for passing in Seattle is narrow. It's Lockett and Metcalf. Very little else. Sure, Greg Olson, Disley, whatever. They don't. They haven't been. They don't throw to Carson a ten. Like, did we forget how good Tyler Lockett was last year before he got hurt, man? And he's been one of the most efficient receivers with Russell Wilson, who's one of the top quarterbacks. Well, that, that had, year before, that year before it was crazy, man. What we saw with and he the still touchdowns. had a good one. Oh, yeah. All right. He had a catch rate of 81.4% in 2018. You know what it was last year? 74.5%. Yeah. It's because of Russell Wilson. They have a ridiculous rapport. He had 82 receptions for 1,057 yards and eight touchdowns. And that's over the final seven games. He had 23 catches, 290, and two touchdowns because he was hurt. He was hurt, and he tried to play through it. He had 13 Enzo looks last year. He's one of the most efficient receivers in the NFL, and he's tied to Russell Wilson. Now, we'll see if they open the offense. I know there was the hashtag let Russ cook. I've been saying it for years, man. If Russell Wilson was allowed to throw, because they don't let him throw until they're trailing, and then he puts up ridiculous numbers in the fourth quarter. Like, they need to come out and let Russ throw. But Pete Carroll is so invested in the running game. Well, I that- mean, but he is now. Like, I mean, if you look at the way they were, look at the way Seattle's offense was the year after they lost the Super Bowl uh, and they tried passing instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. If you look at Russell Wilson's numbers, um, they're strong. They're very strong, but it was very pass heavy and they weren't winning games. And I think that's the problem that Pete Carroll had. So all of a sudden, when he started with Chris Carson, uh, was this two years ago or three years ago? I think it was two years ago. Um, And all of a sudden, he started running the ball heavy, heavy, heavy. They were winning games. I I get it. What you're talking about when they went nine and seven? Because they've had... They, that nine and seven was the worst year Russell Wilson's had in his career. They won 10 games every other year that he's been the quarterback. He threw 553 times in 2017 and they were nine and seven. He threw 427 times in 2018 with 35 touchdowns. And last year, 516 and had 31 touchdowns. He doesn't throw picks. They need to let him throw, man. I want the ball in his hands with the game on the line. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Could you imagine if Russell Wilson had a season of 600 pass attempts, what he can do? Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Like, I don't know. I just think they need to let Russell Wilson throw more. They don't have the dominant defense that they used to have. They and the, Look, in the past, when they had the really good defense, fine. You want to run the ball, let your defense, fine. But they don't have that anymore. 
This is not a great defensive team. I just think they need to let Russell Wilson do more. Even if they don't, Tyler Lockett's still going to get a ton of targets. So, I don't know. I was, I saw Lockett was buried in the RT sports queue, and I was like, oh, my goodness, please let me get him. But there was some there was someone sharp in there who took Lockett at 5-3. I was praying he would make it to me. Uh, but I, I think Lockett is a bargain in the fifth round. And this guy got him as his third receiver. I don't even know if I have that much Lockett. I just think people are undervaluing him. They forgot – how good he was last year in the first half. He essentially was a wide receiver one. I think he was top 10 uh, when he was healthy. All right. I mean, listen, I'm not going to dispute you quoting numbers. I got you on that. I'm looking at the numbers as well. You're not lying. I went running back there. I'm more of a running back guy. I was never a huge locket guy. Um, you know, again, I, I when I see them, you know, when I see DK Metcalf being the guy who's getting the ball, on you know on third down when when they need the, to move the chains and stuff <clears throat> that he became that reliable guy maybe that's what's kind of turned me off from Lockett a little bit but you know listen man you you make a very great good point I think they're both good he I went mean, five think... eight in my uh, in in this draft here so three picks after me somebody digs yeah it. I think they're both good because there's not a lot of other receivers that they have to target on this team so. I know Metcalf seems to be going a little bit earlier than him. I have Lockett ranked a little bit higher, but I like both. There's no question. I mean, Metcalf went 4-11 uh, in this, and Lockett went 5-3. So they're very close. Okay, yeah. Metcalf went uh, went 3-10 in this one. Or, no, 4-10. Yeah, 4-10 four, I mean, in guess, this one, and then 5-8 uh, for Lockett. I mean, he's the bigger receiver, and people saw what he did in the playoffs in the second half. So that's why I guess he's the more people probably think, oh, well, he has a better shot of getting double digit touchdowns than Lockett. But Lockett scores, man. And Russell Wilson looks for him in a red zone. So I like both of them. Uh, I, I don't even think I have much of either. That That's just kind of product of where you're picking. And, you know, I do have a lot of DJ Chark in that range as well. He goes right around that. Uh, I was hoping he would make, he, he went middle of the fifth round. I was like, damn it, man, I want him. <laughs> but I knew he wasn't going to make it back. All right. Well, so you're sitting with Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Odell Beckham, and Allen Robinson uh, with your first four picks. So it's the five, six turn. And where does Adam Ronis go? Well, my heart was broken when Terry McLaurin went two picks before me. So on the turn, I took someone that I have not taken once this year, and that is Keenan Allen, who I didn't, I don't love, but you know what? I think maybe the hate's gone a little bit too far with Keenan Allen. I'm kind of guilty of it too. When I going into the season or like May, June, I thought Keenan Allen would go in the third, fourth round, and I'm like, I don't see it. New offense, he's dependent on volume. But, I mean, we're talking like the last pick around five now for Keenan Allen as my third receiver. Yeah. Look, he's going to get a ton of volume. And even with Taylor at quarterback, Mike Williams is banged up. I know he's a game-time decision for week one. He's never been a big touchdown guy anyway. So they just signed him to a big contract. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take him here. And then I went Hollywood Brown. Uh, you know, again, that big ceiling. I love him. I wrote a piece on him. On Fantasy Alarm, I think back in May, like a profile on him. He was hurt last year. He wasn't 100%. He was still getting by cornerbacks. You got to figure the Ravens are going to throw a little bit more this year. Lamar Jackson loves him. And just go back and look at his first couple games last year when he was healthy. I mean, he tore up Miami, two touchdowns in week one. Then had like the ankle issue, was on the injury report a lot. Didn't play a full complement of snaps. So 
again, I'm looking for that big home run play and to get him first pick around six as my wide receiver four and a flex. I'm going to do it. I have a lot of Hollywood Brown this year. Um, yeah, I was looking for him in mine. He went five one in uh, in my draft. Um, I was targeting him. All right, so uh, Jacobs, Drake, OBJ, A Rob, Allen, Hollywood. So you've got you've got a really nice uh, nice foundation here. You've got uh, stability in a guy like Josh Jacobs. You've got you know good upside uh, who can you know break a big play in Drake. OBJ, A-Rob, we love. Allen, I agree with you. I mean, who doesn't like 1,100 yards and six touchdowns as your third wide out, as your third wide out? And then the home run uh, capabilities of Hollywood Brown, uh, I totally dig it. Um, All right, back in my draft, again, tight end premium. Uh, So I had to go with uh, Hayden Hurst. You know, all of a sudden a tight end run started. And I was like, oh, okay, let me just jump in on this at least for now. Uh, And so Hayden Hurst, sixth round. I don't love it. There are obviously uh, other guys who uh, who I was eyeballing. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is only three wide receivers went uh, in between Hayden Hurst and my next pick, which then lo and behold, there was Marvin Jones just sitting there. And I know you like yourself some Marvin Jones, Adam. Uh, it's funny you say that because he was one of my next picks on the turn. And was, <laughs> in 7-8, he was I took him. That's adorable. That's adorable, Adam. <laughs> All right. So who was the other guy then? Uh, Philip Lindsay. I was hoping to get, uh, you know, I knew I needed to get another running back. They were going. I was hoping Zach Boss would make it to me. He didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I went with Philip Lindsay. We've obviously been hearing that it could be more of a timeshare with the Broncos. I still think it's mostly Melvin Gordon, but you know, he had the rib issue, uh, trouble adjusting to the altitude and they've been saying good things about Lindsay. The problem is Lindsay's not great at catching the football and Gordon's the goal line back. So it's kind of weird, but you know, we're into this range here where it's like, you're looking at backups or timeshare. So uh, I knew I had to take at least one running back here, so I went with Lindsey and then Marvin Jones. Uh, Gallup almost made it to me. Gallup went two picks before me. Really wanted him. Uh, Moss would have been great. I mean, that is definitely looking closer to a timeshare. I think Moss is the goal line back playing that gore role. But you heard about Devin Singletary's fumbles, so uh, Moss is definitely a guy that you know seventh, eighth round. I'm definitely looking at Devin Singletary round five in this draft, which I just think is you're paying too high a price for him. Singletary and Moss went back to back in the uh, in the sixth round. Singletary. Uh, at 611 and Zach Moss went at 612. Moss is probably one of the biggest risers I would say over the last month and yeah. especially two months. Uh, I didn't you know we talked about how you on a recent on our recent podcast I think it was last week we went back looked at the fishbowl. I checked my Rasbowl the other day. I'm like, oh, Zach Moss. Awesome. It was like the double digit rounds. Like, that's the one good thing about drafting early, man. You get some nice bargains. It's hard to do that now. You got to pay a high price for Moss at this point, as you showed in your draft and mine. Yeah. No, people are digging him. And every time I did the, uh, the stock watch over at Fantasy Alarm today uh, and wrote it up. And I was like, you know, Devin Singletary's stock is 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 dropping now as Moss is uh, getting all this helium. So, I mean, listen, I'm, I, you know, Devin Singletary was a guy who a month ago was going in the third round. 
And I still, was, yeah. you know, I was very skeptical of him in the third round. Also, I'm like, oh, I was, I was ripping people. I think we probably did an FSGA draft, and I was just ripping them. Like, what are you doing? He went. I think he went in the second round of my FSGA draft. Oof. Like it was early to mid, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, come on, like. Oh, I don't know, but that's <laughs> that's what I was talking about. You know, I've been saying it for months. There was a lot of landmines at running back, and we've already seen a few blow up, and and Singletary's one of them, and I avoided it. Even Melvin Gordon, he could be the guy, but he's dropped. I mean, his stock is down. His stock is definitely down, and I've got a, a couple of shares of uh, of Melvin Gordon. I'm trying to remember the last draft I took him, and it was an auction. Where it was just it was just kind of like an impulse buy, and I was like, ah, he's kind of going for you know a little undervalued right now. So let me, uh, you know, let me throw a dollar on there. If I if nobody goes after him, then I'll be happy. Uh, and now here we are, about a month later, and I'm like, yeah. I I, I think that one is still to be determined. I, look, they, I just don't understand how they would go out pay him money when you already had Lindsay and you know what Lindsay is, and then split. Like, why do that? Yeah. And, you know, unless Gordon's rib injury was a problem and they're not, that's the problem. We're going to find out some of these guys might be hurt more than we think uh, because we've had no preseason games. And obviously the first official injury report is this week. So there might be some surprises, things that we don't know. I mean, Raquel Armstead, bro, like <laughs> he went in the sixth round of the GST and now the dude might not be around for weeks. They said it's going to be a while. Like, ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah well we were laughing at that the first time we saw him go in the fifth round i was oh, like yeah oh, my i mean Lord. look i i, I didn't i don't want a part of that backfield unless it's gonna be cheap for me i told I you think... thompson in the 10th or 11th round is as high as i'll go for any of those guys and i won't even feel good about that no i mean and now you know then it was divina zigbo now it's robinson who's moving up and you're hearing he's number one on the depth chart but remember those depth charts are unofficial they just right. put them out there they don't really mean not much but yeah james robinson went around 15 which i'm okay with i actually considered him well, around 15 sure why not maybe he's a starting running back but i think that backfield is going to be a mess first of all they're splitting it between what three running backs right now maybe four and offset comes back and they suck and we'll be playing from behind hey, let's not go crazy well please let's not go crazy um all right so now you've taken philip Lindsay. you filled a, that's your third running back uh, of the day it comes back around uh to me in the eighth and i uh you know i was looking uh, right there in the eighth i was looking for i was like all right madison's still you know he's he's a little further down the queue i don't have to you know reach for him uh just yet i was trying to figure out where i wanted to go i was debating you know do i take kyler murray do i go quarterback here um but then i like scrolled down even further i was like oh why is debo samuel still here and I was like, you know, even if he misses the first week, Debo Samuel in that offense, I'm very happy with. Um, as my fourth wide receiver, somebody I can use in the flex, um, I grabbed him. And and I was like, okay, I feel good about that. And then after Debo Samuel, uh, you know, it was like Kyler Murray went the pick right after. Then all of a sudden I saw a pair of tight ends and Goddard and Jonu Smith. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it hit me. It was like, boom. Chase Edmonds in the eighth round to the guy who doesn't even own Kenyon Drake. And I was like, listen, I know that Edmonds has some standalone value and I'm a big fan of that. But if that run's going to start, I was like, I better ninth round do it. And I did it. And I took Alex Madison. It just, it locks up 
the Minnesota backfield. Um, I have three good starting running backs, you know, two and a flex and all different bye weeks. So I'm feeling comfortable about that. Just nice and secure here in the ninth round uh, to make sure I did that. And you know what? And I feel pretty good about it considering after Madison, like Matt Breida went. Uh, and then before my other pick, it was like Tony Pollard, Darrell Williams, Marlon Mack. And I was like, ah, see, I felt like I felt good about taking him there. So Debo Samuel, Alex Madison, it fills a need. You can't, you're not going to believe this. Uh, on the 9 10 turn, <laughs> I took Chase Edmonds and Alexander Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I have Drake, so Edmonds made sense. And Madison's there, like, hey, if Dalvin Cook goes down, I got a great running back and a good offense. So why not at this point? Since, you know, I felt good at receiver with five, get my third, uh, my fourth and fifth running backs because the running backs were going at this point. All right. Well, see, look at you. Look at you. All right, wait, wait, wait. So how many, how many overlap is that now? One, One two, three, four, four. Beckham, uh, Beckham, Jones, Edmonds, Madison. Oh, I don't have Edmonds. I didn't take Edmonds. The other guy. Oh, I thought you said you did. No, the guy took Edmonds. I took Debo Samuel. Oh, okay. And then the guy took Edmonds at the the 8-9 turn. And that's when I said, if somebody's taking Edmonds right now in the 8th, I better grab Madison in the ninth. Okay, so we got three then. It's Beckham, Jones. Beckham, Jones, and Madison. Yeah. Okay. Feeling good. Feeling good. You've got some running backs there. Um... In between, while I was doing all that, a whole mess of tight ends went off the board again. So, um, literally, I mean, I just I grabbed Gronk. Um, I don't love Gronk. I'm not a huge Gronk fan. I'd love to see him get the um, you know the red zone looks, but I mean, you know, whatever. You you still have OJ Howard and Cameron Brait, and I want to see what this offense is you know all about. But I figured. That was the way to go there. And then I came back around. I was like, I need a quarterback. I need a gunslinging, big, high upside possibility uh, quarterback who, who's capable of throwing for 5,000 yards uh, and 30 touchdowns. I took Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, I like Wentz. No question. We saw what he did last year with the lack of receivers. I know they might be thin early on, but Deshaun Jackson's healthy. Ertz, Goddard, Miles Sanders is excellent in the passing game. So, yeah, Wentz could put up big numbers this year. You hate the Gronk pick, don't you? I have no Gronk this year. <laughs> he went early in mine. I was like, whoa, uh, where did he go? Where's the tight end color? There he is. Eighth round, man. Uh, right after Evan Ingram went. He went ahead of <laughs> Higby. He went ahead of Higby, Hurst, and Henry. Oh, all right. See? <laughs> so I can feel better about this. The next best tight ends after I took Gronk were Irv Smith, OJ Howard, Ian Thomas, Greg Olson. Wow, they really hate Gronk there. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> I, the thing with Gronk is I don't think you're going to get a lot of yards. What you're hoping for is touchdowns because we've been hearing he's not going to play a full complement of snaps. They're going to use them red zone, third down. So I think that's the problem is you're going to be looking at uh, your touchdown reliant. But yes. wow, that's in a tight end premium league for him to fall that far. Wow. They're, they they hate him there. Yeah. No, they just, well, because it's what you said. I mean, that's the thing. Tight end premium. Here's the, and this I think is, is some, one of the, 
one of the misconceptions that people have. Tight end premium, they just keep grabbing tight ends earlier and earlier. In order for him to really be effective in a tight end premium league, he needs to be high up on the target share of his team. That's what makes Kelsey and Kittle and Ertz and Andrews so valuable. It's what makes Darren Waller valuable. It's what makes Hayden Hurst and Evan Engram valuable. But then all of a sudden, then you start looking at the Goddards, the Hunter, even Hunter Henry, um, you know, Austin Hooper. Uh, you know, these are guys who TJ Hawkinson. They don't get a lot of looks in their system. They get some. They don't get a lot, and they are all touchdown reliant, as you just said. If they get those red zone looks, that's great, and they can be rock solid. But if you're looking for, you know, a tight end premium league, they've got to get the targets. If they don't get the targets, then you know, then 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 really, what what are you looking at? Yeah, I think they do get overvalued at times. There's no question. People feel like. I have to get a tight end. I need a lot. And it pushes them up. So I, I do feel that is the case. Okay. So that, that takes us through, well, you, you give me your 10, 11 yet. Uh, I did not. 10, 11 was, well, I gave you 10 was Madison. Then oh, that's right. I had to take a, it was tight end time. I was kind of happy because a lot of tight ends were off the board. I went John Smith. So was like happy it. to get him. And I uh, had to go quarterback, too, because they started to go off the board. So what with Daniel Jones? Uh, see, I like Daniel Jones. I, I think they're going to be behind in a lot of games or at least be throwing the ball a ton because their defense is so shitty. So shitty. And, and, he, and he runs a little bit. And he does run a little bit. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's you know, let's break down. Give me the rest of your team here uh, as you went. That was uh, – what round was that, Daniel Jones? That was 11 and 12. Then I went Chris Herndon, uh-huh. uh, like him, as my second 10. Josh Josh Kelly, Brian Tannehill. Uh, missed out on uh, – I wanted Burrow or Gardner Minshew. They didn't make it, so went Tannehill, Bryce Love, Robbie Gould, Miles Boykin, Broncos defense, and Russell Gage. Okay. And how are you feeling over You don't that? love my last picks, huh? I thought I was going to get praised for Boykin and Gage, but no, you just shit on it. That's I, all good. I definitely didn't shit on it, you know? I mean, listen, you know, it's so funny. I, every time I want Miles Boykin to be something, he's not. And every time I'm not looking, then he is. You know, he, like, he gets those sneaky touchdowns. I would love to see him be developed as, as the wide receiver, too, on that team. I'd love to see him get more of a target share. It's just... You know, it's it's not that heavy a throwing offense to begin with. Yes. I, I know, I know. He threw for thirty six touchdowns last year, but you know, it's still it's it's not a high passing volume situation there. No, I'm not, I know. I'm not a Russell more, Gage guy either. This was more. It was more talent. I mean, one of the one of these guys could be cut week one, right? Got to make pickups. So you know, whatever. Well, you can shit on the rest of my squad. If you <laughs> you want to shit on my squad, you can shit on my squad. Let's do it. All right. After Carson Wentz, I took Anthony Miller. Oh, oh I love Anthony Miller. I know. You can't shit on him. Yeah. Uh, and then more QB started to go, so I just grabbed Baker Mayfield to complete my, uh, my trifecta of Browns, my full Brown stack of Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and, and Odell Beckham. Uh, so I did that. And then after that, Nikhil Harry – Damian Harris, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I got Greg Zerline. I got the Colts D. On my last two picks, I went Jimmy Graham, because tight end premium. 
and Jalen Guyton because I have very little faith in Mike Williams. Yeah, we'll see if Mike Williams is good to go. They're saying game time decision. It sounds like he's going to miss some time, though. Yeah, uh, how, did he, how did he go from he's probably going to miss most, if not all of <laughs> September, to oh, he's game time decision now. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's so funny. Same thing with the, a lot of these guys. Uh, even your guy Debo, I don't think he plays week one. I don't think he plays week one either. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Listen, man, I've had the Jones fracture. I know how it feels. It's very tough. You can't pivot. I mean, you really yeah, can't. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm surprised that like he's already close to go, man, because that is that's an injury, too, that you can get – uh, again, so I'm a little surprised that he's close to being back. They probably like poured some sort of like molten metal into the fracture, and so he's just he's good to go. He's got like a bionic foot now. It could be. You better hope so. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? He is again my fourth receiver. So, um, all right. So, uh, so overall, uh, I, I feel like we like each other's teams, at least knowing that uh, we've got some good overlap. Uh, I don't think either one of us really, uh, really pushed too much on, on the reaching part. Uh, maybe Leonard Fournette in the fifth round, but you know, I was just, I was feeling feisty and I was testing microphones for Sirius XM at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can definitely influence your pick. Dude, that was such a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, I don't even want to get into it because our, our listeners don't even need to know the nightmare. Um, what they do need to know is they need to know that we're sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, an, a phenomenal DFS site that you guys got to get in on. And actually, what we're going to do is uh, over at Fantasy Alarm, we're going to start covering Monkey Knife Fight props. So uh, that's going to be super stiked. And, uh, and here's what you should know about Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A N T E U P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> and uh, again, big shout out to Monkey Knife Fight. So... All right, so for me, Adam, that's uh, that's that's two drafts down today. I've got two on Tuesday. They do overlap, which is a pain in the ass. They don't start at the exact same time, which is a little bit better. Um, and how many drafts do you have? 
Uh, one Tuesday, one Wednesday, one Friday night, possibly another one coming on Saturday. Right, 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 Because you're like a junkie. You're like, come on, just feed the vein, man. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple people last second, like, oh, do you want you want to partner up and split a team? And I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe we can. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Fab is gonna be a pain. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. How many? How many leagues do you have? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna right count in... mine right now here. While I'm while I'm I'm listening to you. You count yours, think, I'll count mine. I think right now I have 12, I believe. <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. There's 20, no way you're going to like 21. be able to follow and you're going to miss waiver 22. wires. I know you will. Hi, how? No, you know what? And I'll tell you what. You know why I'm never going to? Because what? I'm in it to win it, baby. All right, man. That's it's a lot. It is I a hope, lot. I hope know, a lot of them. I hope most of them were for money. Um, there are quite a number of these leagues for money, which is one of the reasons why I'm in it to win it. Uh, and what damn, I'm I got to too achieve. many. I got too many that are not for money. This is disgusting. You know, oh. I mean, I don't. I don't resent. My uh, my my leagues that, I do. that aren't for money. I do, I do. <laughs> I sit there. I'm like, what I do this for? Uh, <laughs> well, all right. So the FSGA. I mean, it's the FSGA. We got to do the. Yeah. FSGA. Well, there's you win. I, I won money in a ring for it last year, oh, so yeah, it's that's better right. than. Yeah, we do like kicking yeah. like fifty bucks each, don't we? Yeah. So I okay. did get some money, and I got a nice ring. So I'm okay with that. That that one, I don't mind. Um. The fantasy alarm, uh, the fantasy alarm listener leagues, those aren't money. Well, I mean, not for me. They're prizes for people who beat us if they beat. Well, you can only lose in it because if you win, you're supposed to, and if you lose, they brag about beating you. So. Right, right, right. So you know they love that. SiriusXM host leagues, I we don't get anything, right? Nothing for. Well, no, I mean now I I think Mac. Well, we get an email. Like a, we get an email. We get like a, no, it's like a jersey of our choice. Oh, that's still going on. I think that's I, still it's going funny on. the year the year that I won it, I didn't get shit. Ah, well, maybe you should be a nicer person. Maybe, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> You're so demanding right now. Um, my jam on fantasy football league and and the the that one, well, the jam on one, there's no money, but the fish league, there is actually. It's a hundred and fifty dollar buy-in, so I feel good. So that that's a money one there. Um, oh yeah, all the serious stuff. That's that's the the stuff that really kind of gets me. That yeah, but I mean the GST league is money, and Camla's league is money, and um, Fish league is money, and uh, I'm missing one or two. I think I ponied up some money for the King's Classic. I think really did I? I feel like I might have. I feel like I might have. Listen, anything that were, where Vlad Sedler is near, you know there's always a side bet. Oh, a side bet, yeah. There's always. <laughs> there's always. If you like, if you guys know Vlad Zedler, I great dude. Great dude. Yeah, there's always and a great a side player, bet. too. Oh, great he's player. a phenomenal player, man. At Roto Gut on Twitter. Um, I love Vlad. I really do. Always. There's always a side bet. Can't ever get out of it. Never. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vlad, I don't want to. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. Really? All right, fine. Yeah, I mean, he has to do a little <laughs> bit of arm twisting, not a whole lot. So, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I've got two more tomorrow and I've got one on Wednesday. The one on Wednesday is just the fantasy alarm, a fantasy alarm staff league. Why didn't you do that one? Or did you have another draft? Because I have a draft. Because you yeah. have another draft scheduled at that point. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I was like, all of a sudden I said it and I felt bad. I'm like, ooh, did they invite Adam? They did. They did. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked about it on the air. So stupid. Anyway, um, all right. Let me ask you this one here before we get on out of here. Are you, uh, are you looking at either... Uh, NBA game tomorrow for any kind of betting whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, my early lean is Miami minus two and a half. I don't know if it, I don't think Giannis plays. I know they haven't ruled him out yet, but he seemed to be limping pretty badly, has the sprained ankle. I know they're saying they're hoping he can play, but they won't know until a few hours before the game. Uh, I don't think he plays. They're listing him as questionable. So I know they the Bucks put a, a great effort without him and were able to win in overtime. But I think Miami will close it out. You don't want to give the Bucks any life. No team has ever come back from 3-0. And uh, I think Miami closes it. And I lean towards the Rockets getting the points. I don't know if they win, but you know, even the last game was pretty close. I know the Lakers covered, but... Russell Westbrook was terrible in that game. So I lean towards the Rockets getting the, I think it's five points at this point. So that's my initial lean at this point. And uh, man, the Clippers not screwed me, but I I love them tonight. Minus eight and a half. And they won by six. Uh, They were actually down for a good portion of this game. Denver came out, played very well. uh, And the Clippers had a chance late to cover, missed a shot. And, of course, I gave out the over 220 as well on Wager Alarm, and it was well on its way to over. You know what it finished at? 220. 220, a push. And I got it at 220 on DraftKings Sportsbook 2, so it was void. Uh, I know other places it closed at 220 a half, uh, so thank goodness I got the 220. At least uh, got a push there, but... Yeah, I mean, the the Clippers won. Again, I I wrote it up. We talked about it yesterday. They have just been tremendous in this spot. This is actually the first time in their last eight games that they did not cover the spread coming off a loss. They've been really good in this spot, and uh, they just uh, didn't have enough to cover the number tonight. And that's a bummer there. All right. Well, you you guys can check out Adam's stuff over at wageralarm.com. Check that out for – uh, for throwing your wagers down there, but we've got his leans here and we'll see what happens uh, with the rest of it. That's going to do it for us here tonight on Annie Up. Big thanks to all you guys for tuning in. Big thanks to uh, our producer, Shannon Blunt, who's going to do some wonderful editing job here. Uh, and big thanks to Fantasy Alarm and the Sawdust Podcast Network. That's going to do it for us here. For Adam Ronas, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.